Hello, everybody. I'm Patrick Chavez, and this is LA Theater Bites, and I'm here with Alana Dietz, and she is the director of The Wolves, playing now at Atwater Theater in uh, Atwater Village. Hi, uh, Alana. How are you today? Hi, Patrick. I'm good. How are you? Great. Fantastic. Please, uh, Alana, so tell tell me a little bit about your show. Sure, yeah. Um, well, uh, it's hard to say a, a lot about it. Um, without giving anything major away, but the, the basic premise is it's about uh, a high school girls soccer team. And every scene is a warm up for a game on a Saturday morning. It's an indoor team. Um, so each scene brings some uh, warm up preparation to get ready for the game that they're right. about to play. Um, and, you know, the, the topics of conversation are pretty wide ranging, but it's, fairly typical teenage girl conversation um, that then becomes deep by default of their lives happening throughout that ex- those experiences. Right. Um, and I, I actually first read the play probably three years ago. Um, and it was right after I'd read a play called Dryland, which is about uh, two girls on a swim team together. Um, and uh, is really different in many, many ways, but similar thematically in some ways. Yeah. And uh, when I would read Dryland, I knew immediately that I wanted to direct it. So we'd already started moving on that play. And then I read The Wolves and also loved it, um, but felt like I couldn't pursue it at the same time that we were moving with Dryland. So I sort of put Wolves on the back shelf. And in the meantime, it became this huge hit. It was wildly successful in New York and it got remounted twice. And now it's one of the most produced plays in the country. It's just, it's been happening everywhere. So we revisited it as a, a company at the Echo earlier this year um, and did in our processes, we do an in-house reading of a play. And then if we get excited about it, we do a public reading. And from there, we pursue the rights if it's something that we think we want to produce. So we did the in-house reading. It was beautiful. Everyone loved it. Um, I volunteered myself to do to direct the public reading, and the public reading went really well. And so from there, we pursued the rights. And uh, I interviewed with Sarah over the phone. And once I got her approval, that was it. Nice. <laughs> I haven't seen this show, but I know it's gone on. What it's been, has it run now so far? Two weeks now. Yeah. Two weeks. Like yeah. Yeah, about two weeks. When you when you approached a material like this, uh, that's uh, and I'm from from my experience of knowing a little, looking a little into this this play that's just basically a lot of conversations between women mm-hmm. in a circle. When you came into this material, how did you decide to approach it to make it different, to make it your to make it your own, basically? I'm 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 rambling. No, it's great. Um, it's a good question. I mean, I guess I don't know how different or how my own it is because I haven't seen any other productions. Mm-hmm. Um, but my approach was mostly, uh, I felt like it was really important to s- establish the physical vocabulary between the women really early. So um, we actually had soccer practice before we started rehearsal. We nice. started getting together and practicing soccer um, as a group. Uh, some of the girls in the cast played you know, pretty consistently in high school or beyond. Um, And then there were several that have never played any sports. So it was a pretty wide range of um, experience and ability to begin with. So I wanted us to start by just kind of all getting on the same page about like, where does your foot go? Like just the real basics about 
how do you handle a ball and um, and look like you know what you're doing, and and then also in, the, in terms of finding the warm up, um, I wanted that to be something that happened collaboratively. So I you know I came in with some ideas, but in the first week of rehearsal, I had the girls trade off leading the warm up. And they could either build on stuff that was brought in by the other cast members, or they could just bring in their own sequence. And then once we'd sort of gone through that, and I also got a lot of information from my castmates who had played soccer um, about, you know, what was authentic. And I then went through and found a sequence, a structure to the warm up that felt like it would both progress naturally and pair well with the dialogue um, and, you know, help them to learn the dialogue. Cause of course they're doing physical activity throughout everything. Um, so we also wanted to find as early as possible, where are they changing position? Uh, because that really affected their memorization process too. What would you say was um, maybe one of the more uh, challenging things um, that you had to cover as far as directing this specific piece? Maybe something that's specifically difficult about this piece compared to maybe another piece? Definitely the overlapping dialogue. Um, dialogue. Yeah, there's, you know, I mean, Sarah's dialogue is very natural and um, fun a lot of the times. I think the girls love to speak it, um, but there are sections, not long sections, but little pieces in every scene, especially in the early parts of the play where there are two or sometimes three conversations happening at the same time. And I'd never encountered that as a director before. I've, you know, I've seen it, I've, I've read other plays that use that device, but um, working with that was definitely a new challenge for me. And, uh, you know, I, I also had a question a lot of the time of, what do we need to, to hear in this moment? You know, does she, does Sarah want us to hear every word here or is it, are we creating a cacophony for the sake of a cacophony? Um, and ultimately what we did was sort of somewhere in between at times, although um, much more focused on sort of scoring the most important moments so that we can understand everything that we need to understand while also having that energy. Um, yeah. We also came across, one of my castmates came across something that was really helpful just by chance. She found a podcast, uh, I think it was the New York Times, The Daily, where they interviewed a bunch of the survivors of the Parkland shooting. And uh, in that interview, it was, it was one interviewer, and then there were maybe five women in the room. And it was so interesting to listen because the, the interviewer would ask a question and then they'd all answer at the same time. And so when my cast member who found this, she sent it out to us, not just because of that, but because of the emotional content of it. But um, as we were listening, I was like, oh my gosh, that's what it is. That's, that's what she's trying to do. And it's it, that uh, finding that sort of authentic example in the real world was really helpful too, in terms of us finding what that, the tone of those sections is. Right, right. Yeah, that's got to be really challenging, but that also seems really important because that's kind of, how people actually talk like right. in real life, you know, there's so many, there's so many times you hear people talk about, Oh yeah, that language in the show was so poetic and, or people talk about people sound more so, so much more intelligent when they're in plays or in movies than they actually do, <laughs> than they actually do in real life. 
Right. It's nice that it seems like uh, art is starting to try and bring, uh, it's not that it's, um, I wouldn't say it's not that it's like what, uh, dumber or not smarter, it's not mm -hmm. smarter, it's just more natural talking, you know, uh, as opposed to something that's more prepared. And I mean, I mean, writers have obviously are going to try and write it to make people sound as clear as possible, which is, I mean, part of it, that's really important, but it's also important to also find that, uh, I guess the the reality of it as well. So I guess you're you're balancing you're balancing it's a balancing act trying to get both of those things together and hopefully you've got something close, right? At the yeah. End of the day. Yeah. Hopefully. So as far as the casting is concerned, were you involved in the casting uh, casting for for the different characters? Oh, I cast it. Yeah. We we occasionally okay. hire a casting director, but we didn't feel like we needed to for this. Um, mm -hmm. So I cast it with the help of you know, my two producers and um, my ass assistant director. Um, but we were lucky. We actually cast the play almost entirely from within the company. Yeah. We have we have a company membership, and then we also have an associate company, which is mostly younger people. So um, all but two of the girls uh, were already in the company when they were cast. So um, and the other two came from, you know, references um of people that are you know very familiar to me so i i knew they were coming with strong backgrounds right yeah um so you just knew they were good actors or you or you knew something more about them that you were like this is why i know they'd be good for this character i've seen them act enough how, how does how does that work oh no we auditioned i mean auditioned. yeah we auditioned everybody um yes. uh sometimes the, in the structure of the echo we do make direct offers to come members but so much Ooh. about puzzle piecing the team together and um someone that i might think is perfect for a particular role might fit better in a different role in this case just because there's so many moving parts and i was trying to cast a nine-person team um so yeah we auditioned everybody it's it was a little challenging because it's such an ensemble piece. There's almost nothing in the script that's just um, two people speaking. So we we did uh, we had the women do monologues for the first round of auditions, and then for the second round, I chose just really really short little two page scenes um, where I could find you know the, two different characters talking. Um, and I mo almost I think probably everybody auditioned for more than one role. And then it was just a matter of puzzle piecing who fit best where. Nice. Yeah. Um, so this seems like uh, you're talking about girls. You talk me this. Uh, I'm. I think this seems like it's uh, more modern girls uh, that like around this time period and stuff like that. Um, how how important do you think is uh, a show like this as far as the current atmosphere we're living in right now? Oh, I mean, I think it's incredibly important. Um, you know, I hope the play will endure too. Um, I I don't know if it will, but I I hope it will. Um, but it does feel very very current to me. Um, and someone asked me the other day if it's political, and it it kind of is. I mean, it doesn't feel on the nose political at all. But just the fact of these nine women in a room, um, and they do have sort of political conversations in the guise of school assignments. You know, they talk about the Khmer Rouge and they talk about the Armenian genocide and like 
a lot of these major political events get referenced in their conversation. Um, and I think that's something that Sarah does so well. She just sort of drops in these little things that are, are really big, but it's these, you know, it's about this time in the, these young women's lives when they're starting to grapple with those bigger, bigger questions and bigger picture things that become the questions that I think that we as humans ask for the rest of our lives about morality and good and bad and, um, you know, who you want to be and how you face tragedy in the world. Why should um, someone stop by and see wolves at Atwater? Well, I mean, my favorite thing about this play is I feel like so often coming of age stories about women are focused on their relationship to a man. And this one has nothing to do with that. And that's the thing that I think makes it so unique and beautiful is um, I, I can't say what the type of coming of age story that I think it is. Um, because it would be a spoiler alert, but um, yeah. it is, you know, it's a beautiful portrait of these women at a really delicate time in their lives. Um, and it, it's just pre presented in such a complex way that I don't think you see very often. And we're running through April 22nd. Uh, we run Fridays, Saturdays, and Mondays at 8 p.m., Sundays at 4 p.m., and we just added Thursday shows in April, um, so those will be at 8 p.m. as well. And the Thursday and the Monday shows are both pay what you can as well.